Today is our permaculture work day. So it is Saturday, July 20th. 20th, thank you. <laughs> and the year 2019, yeah. year of our Lord. <laughs> year of our Lord 2019. I'm feeling really excited. I mean, last season we did a lot of work thinking about how this was gonna look. And in the last year I've been chipping away at like some of the structural things that we needed to do to establish that scale of permanence. Yeah, you've done a whole lot of work. I mean, we basically have a blank slate here to implement a design that's going to meet your needs, provide for your needs for the next several decades. So um, We have got a few folks coming, and when we've gathered... <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully we get some uh, folks. When we've gathered. <laughs> yep, otherwise it's going to be us. This is Germinate. I'm Amanda, your host. Welcome to Season 2. We made it! Yay! Thanks for your patience and sticking with us. We're going to kick off Season 2 with the long-awaited permaculture work party. So let's jump in. If you remember from season one, uh, we had a lot of fun exploring some of the foundations of permaculture with Steven, and then understanding some of the principles of rainwater collection with Avery, and then thinking about the final design and how we would move forward into implementation. And it turns out this permaculture stuff is a lot of work. And I think we made a, the right decision in November to postpone our permaculture work party because it's given me a little bit of time to chip away at some of the other things that I needed to do to get ready. I and mean, that includes getting rid of some of the concrete that I had in the backyard, the patio that was there already, removing some of the trees and shrubs, and ordering some of the materials that we we're going to need for the day. And I'm glad I took the time because I feel like today we're ready to just get going on a blank slate. And we're really thankful because yesterday, the last few days have been 100 degrees right. and today's going to be 86. Right. There's right. a few clouds in the sky for which I'm very grateful. 40% chance of rain. With a 40% chance, which sounds fabulous actually. Because <laughs> yeah. um, it's just been ridiculously hot, like unworkably hot. Yeah. Um, so I think the first order of business we're probably going to do while we're waiting for folks to assemble is just um, clean up some of the remaining of vegetation. I say vegetation in inverted commas because it's it's really pioneer species going crazy. Much. Nice. All right. And you've got gloves too, right? Okay. The shovel is annoyingly loud. It's like, hey, I'm digging a creek. I don't want my shovel to creak. No, no, sorry. I'm just like upping my game on dad jokes. You know, with like the baby on this way. Right. So the materials guy is coming. Yeah. We will soon see if our calculations are correct. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure they are. Yeah, so I got two, uh, two and three quarters uh, cubic yards of mulch, cedar mm -hmm. mulch, and um, I don't even know what 6.75 tons of rock looks like. Yeah. He's gonna dump it. I'm be like, oh, that's 6.75 tons of rock. Great. Yeah. There's four of us today. You know, more people would be coming, but essentially four people would be responsible for moving six tons of rock. <laughs> um. Good. He's fine. I'm pretty excited. Woo! 
If anyone ever wanted to know what six tons of rock sounds like when you dump it out of a truck, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So new this season, I'm going to be exploring something that has been in America for the last two centuries and a staple of farm life, the Farmer's Almanac. Uh, and with me is my man behind the scenes and producer, storytelling partner in crime, Eric Erringer. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's good. So this is actually uh, your idea. Tell me a little bit about how you first heard about the Farmer's Almanac. Yeah. So I saw a movie, classic movie of the 90s called Back to the Future Part 2. I've never heard of it. Well, you're your lost. <laughs> super great. That little known movie. Yeah. Um, cult classic. And to parse it down, there's, a, there's an almanac that's stolen from the future, brought to the past. And oh, it has baseball it. results. Exactly. It's like... I it's don't like know that that's the almanac. farmer's almanac. It's though. not, but that's where I first heard of this thing called an almanac <laughs> that kind of records things that happen in history and makes predictions about the future type thing, which is what the farmer's almanac ultimately does. Including in the weather. Actually. Including the weather, which depending on who you talk to, either they're 80% sure or it's roughly 50-50, which is basically guess. So Eric and I have uh, opened up the website for the Farmer's Almanac and are taking a look to see what kind of things it covers. And it's pretty comprehensive. Mm, quite. Yeah. Um, in addition to giving you best tips for gardening, forecasting the weather, giving you fishing tips and also astronomy tips, uh, you can also look up, uh, we were looking up the best days calendar. So it gives you tips on what are the best days to do certain activities. Let's have a look at today, Eric. What does August 13th say? Uh, let's see. We got cut firewood, mow to increase growth, okay. castrate farm animals. I'll, I'll keep that one in mind. Yeah. Dig holes. Love digging holes. Ween. You can potty train. <laughs> Not specific who, though. Yep. Host a party. Perfect. We love, we, I mean, we're, in a, we we're in a party right now. That seems to be sort of multi-year, all year round. Yeah, I, I mean, what day's not good to host a party, honestly. Well, that's true. Mm -hmm. yeah. Let's have a look ahead. See, ooh, August 15th, brew beer. Mm. Better get on that one. Yeah, yeah. That sounds good. But then you also need to slaughter oh. on that day as well. So it's a busy day. Busy day, man. I got to plan ahead. Busy day. Who knew? Yeah. So if I wanted to look up the weather, how do I, how do, I do that in the almanac? If you're on the website, you can kind of look at by zone and Farmer's Almanac breaks up the United States by seven zones. I'm not going to name them all, but essentially it's it's how we break up these state in the United States anyway, like Northwest, Southeastern, Central, things like that. We are in the North Central U.S. So region zone four. Zone four. So let's look and see what zone four looks like this week. Light showers for the Northern Rockies and Great Plains. Well, uh, looking outside. Confirmed, then. Con confirmed. We have, yeah. light, we have light showers. Houston, we have light showers. Well, I think uh, we've got a task for next time. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to continue to check in to see if uh, the Farmer's Almanac is correctly predicting the weather. Yeah. And I'm going to try and find a copy. I'm going to try and find a paper copy. That's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, it says you can order it online, but... No, let's... I kind of want to see if there's any local sellers of this farmer's almanac. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere. Okay. Well, let's get back to digging. People have had enough of listening to us. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll update. It's now almost 11 o'clock, and uh, we still got our core crew. Um, lots of promises of help later on, and uh, I think that'd be great. Anyway, we're making really good progress, so uh, we're currently digging out the dry creek beds, and I'm uh, working on the... What, what are we going to call it? Is that a rain... Basin? The mulch basin. Mulch basin. It's, it's like a rain garden. 
green garden mulch basin, um, which I, uh, you know, very inadvertently piled on a bunch of dirt last season, and I'm now digging my way out of just that spot. Just that spot is where I put all the dirt. <laughs> I thought to myself, you know what? What I need is more digging work. <laughs> How can I make this possible? And I tell you what, I'm really excited to see it all come together. I mean, we've been planning this for what, a year? Yeah, we started the project in March. Yes, do you remember? It was that balmy March day. We're calculating for a three inch rain event. And so you multiply your area by- How often do three inch rain events happen? Rare, oh, maybe really? once every five to 10 years. Oh, okay. A normal rain event, like if we get a standard, um, if we get like a standard Keep uh, rain. summer- Keep rain. <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish my sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I think like a standard thunderstorm in the summer is probably like a quarter inch to a half inch. Um, actually like a half inch would be a pretty big rainstorm. But like we don't get big rain events here. You say that. This summer, yeah. we've had rain almost every afternoon. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's rare that we would ever get a three inch rain event. So anyway, uh, you calculate the area, you times your area, by how much rain you're calculating for, and you divide by 12. What's with the 12? 12 is how you calculate the cubic feet. Okay. For the area of roof that we have on a three inch rain event, that cubic feet is roughly 115 or so, and which is actually a lot that we need to be calculating for. Rainwater harvesting calculations are online. They're pretty much in every permaculture book that you find. Got it. I couldn't imagine doing this yesterday. Oh God. With the heat. I mean, this is fucking hot right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. Uh, so Stephen, I don't know if you want to start by introducing Creighton. We've been joined by another person. This is uh, Creighton Hoffnitz. I've been teaching the Denver Permaculture PDC for a number of years now. Amazing educator, preeminent permaculturist here in Denver. So we're lucky to have you. Thank you so much, Creighton. Yeah, well, it's really fun to be here for all the stuff I do with educating work. It feels really good to just get sweaty and just dig the holes. I'm a middle school teacher at a permaculture-influenced urban farm school in Denver. And, and we have uh, such a thing? We have such a thing. Oh my gosh, it's where a, it's, is it? It's a public Montessori school um, for seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. We're, we're building out farm beds that kids grow things, manage our chickens, manage the aquaponics system, and design and build things. They cook all the lunches, they sell things at markets, and so we're trying to get involved with, with <laughs> backyard projects like this and, and anything that's going on in the community to keep, to get the real on-the-ground work done. Well, we're so super excited to have you, um, not only because there's been four of us for the last two hours and now we have a fifth person, <laughs> yeah. uh, but to have someone so knowledgeable and experienced. Well, and it's also been just a really great, I mean, one of the things we've talked about is community and both my neighbors on either side, you know, I've talked to them about what I'm doing and they're really interested. You know, um, my neighbor, John, dropped by earlier and he was telling us about just some of the ways in which he's been looking at water rights um, on his other property in Texas, you know, and then just through this process, also learning a lot about both the land on which my house sits and the neighborhood and some of the history which is really fun. And, you know, I think because we did all the design work last year, having a full season to observe the space has been really interesting because we are basically building the mulch basin um, in the natural corner of the, of the property. So, you know, in the spring when we had all the rains and I did nothing, all the weeds grew in that corner because it was clearly where the water was. As you can tell right now, there's nothing and it is a heat trap. I just like... 
Yeah, I'm experiencing that. <laughs> yeah, I, well, and it's of course these last few days have been oh, so so hot, so hot. But it's it's really made me think about quality of the light and the heat is so much more intense that I've just been making me think a lot about cover and shade and and like having things only be in sun for for even even annuals only being in sun for half the day and not trying to maximize sun because we. It, and maybe it's just whatever you season you're need in. It. You're like in the, yeah, in the winter. You're like, oh, we got to get warmer, so we got to like add the plastic, and we got to put the greenhouse, and we got to like really open it up. And where's the south facing sun? But you get into the middle, it's like things fry and they stop growing because they get heat stressed in the same way we do. And so it's just it's made me think a lot about the way that we could be be designing for for shade and cover, yeah. and not just the sort of you know uh, permaculture textbook find your south facing slope and open it up and like accentuate the sun so i think last season i told the story of my balcony beds that were on a south facing balcony and just got overexposed to the sunshine and fried but at the same time that i had the balcony garden i actually was renting a community garden in the same neighborhood from the denver urban gardens Um, they actually have around two to three hundred urban garden plots across denver that you can rent for very cheap i think it's like 15 bucks a year for water costs basically and you get a pretty good sized plot and i planned all these different companion plants and was looking up on my seeds Um, i think my favorite thing though uh, was peas So I really wanted some English garden peas, which I realized trying to grow English garden peas in Colorado was probably overambitious and not really in harmony with our natural environment. But I planted them. They started coming up. They looked great. But one of the things in Colorado is that we don't really have spring here. So it goes from last frost around Mother's Day, which is May here in the U.S. for those of my English listeners. Uh, Mother's Day is in March in England. Just FYI. One of those little cultural quirks they started growing really well and then it was suddenly hot so we get like two weeks of spring and then it's balls hot and they just got heat stressed so they didn't grow much taller they got diseased and then they kind of fell over it's really sad i'm determined to grow peas though in my design for my house i'm gonna try and leverage the north facing side which is pretty shady to see if i can grow peas it's gonna happen Somebody, if anyone has any tips on how to grow peas, um, please email me at germinatepodcast at gmail.com. So, yeah, we've made a whole lot of progress and our numbers have doubled, which (laughs) is fantastic. Our creek beds are pretty much dried. Our mulch basin is super deep. As soon as we level, all we have to do is put down landscape fabric and we're going to start loading our elephant's weight in rocks over here. Wait, so wait, there were two different types oh, of yeah. elephant weight. Was it the African bush, bush. elephant okay. and the African forest? African forest elephant's only 6,000 pounds. Oh, yes. gosh. So an, so an African elephant size number of... Bush. Right, great. Right. Cool. So 13,000 pounds. Yeah. Um, Some on three breaks. <laughs> so one, two, two, three. Break. Okay, let's go. The hell is that? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like a little squeaker. dog toy? Yeah. What even is it? I don't know. I like this sort of backyard archaeology. <laughs> wow. It's definitely like a little dog toy. Uh-huh. Great. So uh, we have a, a water level or a bunyip, B-U-N-Y-I-P. Yeah. And 
Uh, Bunny Up is a really simple tool. I spent maybe 10, maybe 15 bucks on two posts, some wire and vinyl tubing. And actually, if you want to learn how to build one of these, you can go online. It's really simple. Brad Lancaster uh, has a, a few YouTube videos on how to construct this and use it. But a water level is basically measuring the relative elevation between two points, which is really important for harvesting water because we're building a diversion swale. A diversion swale is we want water to move from point A to point B. And in order for water to move from point A to point B, you need to have the correct slope or grade. So for every four feet of gain, you need one inch of elevation drop uh, to ensure that water is going to flow across the landscape in the direction that you want it to. Okay, so Steven and I are now measuring the dry creek bed. All right, four feet. Yeah, about every four feet or so. You want that inch Mine drop is 22. In What's yours? Elevation, 23. Sweet. Okay. Uh, 23 and a half. Yeah, I'm like 23 and a quarter. Okay. So we probably need to dig out here a little bit. Yeah. So now that my garden is starting to take shape, the question of what I'm going to plant in it has really become front and center. And I've made some great contacts through the design and through this process. But what I really need is someone who's going to help me figure out what plants to plant where, how to get the most sustainable and intense crops from my area. Stephen gave me some great tips last season. He sent me a list of Rocky Mountain plants from his mentor, Jason Gerhardt, which is the Rocky Mountain Plant Matrix and just give some good ideas in terms of the different levels of cover and what grows well in this climate. But I think what is really clear is that I'm going to need some help. And really what I need is a farming mentor. But how do, how do you even find a farming mentor? I guess that's my question. So homework for next episode, I'm going to talk to Stephen about who he knows and how he got started. See if he can connect me with anyone and uh, we'll take it from there. So now let's get back to the permaculture work party where we're wrapping things up. All right, cool. So uh, firstly, I just want to say a big thank you. So our party has been uh, prematurely come, come to a close of the first test of our dry creek beds. Uh, it is now pouring with rain, lightning, thunder. Um, it's really a perfect Colorado storm, as they say. Stephen, any closing thoughts? We graded the dry creek beds. We dug them out. We put down some landscape fabric in there. Uh, on top of that, we have our rock. We moved about uh, 2.2 <laughs> tons of rock. A, um, a, whole, a whole bunch of mulch. Uh, we didn't get to everything today, but we absolutely worked our asses off. Oh and my gosh, yeah. It's cool. It's like it's really inspiring and also just a really good time to see a project come into fruition, and that feels really good. And it's been fun, like, working with everyone today. You know, you bond over shared labor. <laughs> yes. it's, 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 it's good to, you know, take classes together or to talk about things together, but it's like, oh, we moved things together, we sweat together, we did all that stuff. I don't, that's, that's a really valuable part of this. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm just going to get a few words from the other folks who are helping me out because uh, you guys did a great job. What has been the most fun for you? I was excited to see a vision of something you've been talking about for two years that's never really happened. Thanks. But now it's coming to fruition and it's looking really cool. I don't know. I think this is a lot of work for a few tomatoes, but if this is what you want to do, then by all means, we'll support you. No, it's really been a labor of love and I just want to say I feel very supported, so thank you everyone. All right, peace out. 
And we also feel supported by you, our listeners. Thank you for staying with us on this journey. We're excited to kickstart season two. So look out for more content and more episodes coming soon. As ever, you can find links to any of the content that we've discussed today, as well as tips and additional material on our website, germinatepodcast.org. New for this year, too, we want to invite your questions and comments. Email us at germinatepodcast at gmail.com. And as ever, you can follow us on social media, Germinate Podcast on Instagram and on Pinterest, where we're going to continue to share some of our favorite designs and keep you posted as our garden progresses. So from all of us here at Germinate, happy gardening.